if you can add value to the conversation, then you'll become valuable to them and they'll be more interested in the things you're doing. So aside from networking, I'd say just tenacity. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Mark Hutton. Mark, how are you doing today? Doing great, Theo. So honored to be on. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. Before we dive into that, a little bit about Mark's background. So he is a Purdue mechanical engineer who left the corporate world after 27 years to pursue real estate full-time. He has 10 plus years of real estate investing experience with a portfolio that consists of a single family, multifamily apartments, and assisted living facilities. He is based in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you can say hi to him at his email address, which is mhutton, H-U-T-T-O-N, at MainStreetInvest.com. 
So Mark, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure, absolutely. So as you said, I'm a mechanical engineer, but I took that degree straight into technical sales. And I worked in technical sales primarily in automotive and aerospace for many, many years, calling on customers and frankly, really enjoying the people aspect of that side of the business, using both sides of my brain, I guess. And actually, when it says I left the corporate world, it left me with a layoff. And in hindsight, a better thing couldn't have happened. So we had started dabbling in real estate. Well, I was a reluctant landlord back in 2009 when, frankly, I was about to lose my house after a layoff. And obviously, the top of 2009 was not a great time to try to unload a nice big house. So a realtor came in and said, I'll rent that. She did quickly, and I became a landlord. Sold that a few years later to the residents and didn't jump back in until 2013. After selling that, bought my first single family. I bought a couple more single families with my then girlfriend, Janet. And then we made some mistakes, found our local RIA club here in Cincinnati, and that opened a ton of doors for us. And that's when we got introduced to apartments and how to potentially scale a business and actually turn it into a business. And in between that time is when I got laid off and decided, hey, we're going to try to do this full time. And we've been doing so ever since. So had you been investing in real estate before you left the corporate world? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we had. So my job went away in early 2017. So we bought a first house to rehab and hold in 2013. After doing that house, we bought a couple others and then a fourplex. We learned about apartments through Anthony Chara and his apartment mastery boot camp. Went to that, completely fell in love with both him, the class, and the possibilities for us. And from there, we bought our first 13-unit building with students from that group. And it was after that and on my way to buying the 25 unit that my company let me go. And again, it was a terrific thing. We're still trying to replace our corporate incomes. My wife was then laid off six months after I was, but we've kind of narrowed down all the squirrels, all the things that you can do in real estate, which are multiples and focus on two things. So I concentrated on the apartment syndication side of our business and Janet and I developed an assisted living home, and Janet is the administrator and runs that. Here in the Midwest, it's fairly uncommon to have a residential assisted living home built into a house, but out West, that's pretty common. So we're bringing that concept here to Cincinnati, and we opened that just this past September. Perfect. Let's focus on the syndications first, and then I'll ask a few questions on the assisted living center. So you said you did a 13-unit deal and a 25-unit deal. 13 was with that group. Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming the 25 was on your own. Did you raise money for both of those deals or was that using your own money and then moving forward, you're going to start doing syndications? So the 13-unit, it was just the five members pooling our own money. And we were certainly used all our own money in that one. It was a small deal. We only needed to raise 100 grand and the five of us put that together fairly easily. The 25-unit, we needed to raise 360. And we did that with our money and a very small group of investors with us. That was still a partnership deal. From there, we branched into a syndication. We did our first syndication on a 40-unit property. And we bought just a little over a year ago. And we raised 600 for that in a full-on syndication. And then the next one we syndicated, we raised just over a million dollars for. So for the 25-unit deal, who were the investors on that deal? How did you know them? How did you meet them? 
How'd you get him to invest? Most of them were acquaintances from the RIA group here in Cincinnati. So it was people that we knew and had been talking about our deals and we found this one and they wanted in and we wanted them in and formed a partnership. It was uh, six total people, including my wife and I. So my wife and I and four others. And that's the way we got started with that one. So did you present the deal at the RIA group or did people there based off of kind of your conversations know that you were doing apartment deals and that you would need money? I'm curious of how it became a reality. They approach you and say, oh, you're doing this deal. I want to invest. Do you approach them or was it something that kind of happened organically over time? Probably a little bit of both. I'm a big mouth, so I talk a lot and everybody knows that I do apartments. I love being called the apartment guy in our local RIA. We have a pretty big RIA with probably nearly a thousand members. So because I'm a blabbermouth, I guess it comes from my sales background. Everybody knows that that's what I was doing. So when I did stand up in the RIA and say, hey, I'm looking at an apartment deal. If you're looking at potentially investing in one, come and talk to me. This is before I fully understood some of the SEC implications of doing so, but I didn't show any numbers. So I was compliant and then talking to people about it and got them interested in doing the deal. And then we took it down. After that deal, then we got a bit more serious in raising money and doing the syndication and doing it right. I still found many of the members through networking, through the RIA groups, as well as other groups that I'm associated with. And in the meantime, I've also, because there wasn't a big apartment focus in our RIA club here in Cincy, I went to the board and said, I'd like to start an apartments focus group. And they basically said, are you going to volunteer? I said, yeah. So they allowed me to start an apartments focus group. And it quickly became one of the largest groups within the Cincinnati area, which I'm quite proud of. So that allowed me to help teach other people how to do this, even though I was a relative newbie with just two transactions in and working on a third at the time when we started it. So again, that further networking and further talking to people about what you're doing. Were the people at this focus group, were they people who are interested in doing syndications themselves or are they people who are interested in passive investing in syndications? It was a pretty wide variety of groups. Some were looking for passive investments. Many were just curious about what is this commercial multifamily thing. Many of them just from a single family background and how is that even possible to go buy a million dollar property? Frankly, the same thing I thought four years ago myself. And now we have no problem going and signing on million dollar loans and taking them down. So there was a mixture of people. And again, really the common thread there was everyone was looking for knowledge on how to invest and how to get involved in the commercial segment. And I did my level best to help teach him. I really found that's something that I really love is teaching as well. So of your investors, let's kind of try to break it down here. You start the focus group before or after that first $600,000 full raise. Before that full raise, yes. Before? Okay, so maybe mm-hmm. you can give us a breakdown of the $600,000 you raised and then maybe the million dollars you raised. What percentage of those people came from the RIA group as a whole? And then what percentage of those people either directly came from or indirectly came from that focus group that you created? So because we've been pretty active in the RIA club since we joined, and that hasn't been all that long ago, about three and a half years ago, I guess, I would say three quarters of them came from the RIA group. and now, I guess almost all of them came from the RIA group because the, the apartments focus group is just a subset of the Cincinnati RIA group. But yeah, probably a quarter of them came from getting to know me better and spending more time with me once a month at this focus group. And then the rest came from more of the general 
repopulation. So you said that you were pretty heavily involved in the RIA group. In addition to this focus group, what are things were you doing besides just showing up? Well, I do show up and I show up frequently and I'm always getting engaged. So I'm always having conversations with people, seeking out people that have done things I haven't done, expanding my knowledge in areas way beyond commercial people doing self-store and mobile homes and Airbnbs and wholesales and flips and all these kinds of things, because the more broad knowledge you have, the better you can relate to people. So that allowed me to open other doors. And then when they turn the tables back and say, so what are you doing, Mark? I can say, well, I syndicate apartments and I raise money with investors looking for safe avenues for passive investing. And that opens those doors for me. In addition to that, I have presented a few times as a speaker at the RIA meetings, and we do have an Ask the Expert table I've done a couple of times on the commercial apartments. But frankly, majority of the time has been networking within the club and within their functions. Thanks for sharing that. So let's transition really quickly to the Assisted Living Center. So obviously, it's you're doing both at the same time, but maybe walk us through why you decided to expand into that sector. So Janet and I were pretty involved in the apartment sector. Again, at that point, we had both been laid off, so we were putting all our energies into that. We attended the OREA conference, which is, I think it's one of the largest in the country, happens to be right here in Cincinnati, the Ohio OREA real estate event. And we listened to a gentleman named Gene Garino. Janet's background is a speech pathologist, a long career in speech therapy, and had worked in nursing homes the last 10 years. And when we heard Jean talk about residential assisted living, coupled with Janet's woes from working in the big box nursing homes, she looked at me in one minute and we knew that we were going to go do this. This became a very passionate project for Janet. So we've taken a parallel path since that time with Janet taking lead on that. And obviously both of us pretty involved in it. It's a substantial investment, even in a single family home. But that's how we got introduced to that. Also did a boot camp with Gene Greeno out in Arizona and got started that way. It was actually a two year long process from the time we started looking for a suitable home until opening. So it was quite a development process. Perfect. Okay, Mark, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I would say network, network, network. Talk to everyone that you know, ask questions, find out what they are doing, get involved in what they are doing. And then when the tables turn, you can seek out the things that you're looking for as well. If you can add value to the conversation, then you'll become valuable to them and they'll be more interested in the things you're doing. So aside from networking, I'd say just tenacity. We certainly have had some setbacks. The first rehab house we did, we finished it. And then a pipe burst, flooded during the winter, froze. We had to rehab it again, but we never stopped. So tenacity and networking, I think, are my best advice. Okay, Mark, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Okay, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K. 
K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com. Okay, Mark, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I've reviewed it recently. I've read it some time back and really changed everything I looked about in real estate, which is Debt Millionaire from George Antone. George is a brilliant financial mind anyway and completely changed my point of view on structuring debt and how to use debt effectively and safely in transactions, even as they get larger and larger. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I think during the process, especially with the focus group, I've found that I really enjoy teaching. So if all the properties and everything went away, I would probably continue to do that. I would probably take my knowledge and probably put a new stake in the ground and try to rebuild an apartment business again, because honestly, I truly get excited about it. I truly love it. I might make a little more time for rebuilding my old motorcycles, but I'd certainly get back in the game because I can say I'm thoroughly enjoying things. Tell us about a time that you lost money on a deal. It might have been that pipe bursting story you told about earlier. Tell us how much you lost and then what lessons you learned. So after that property, and I lost some money, but nothing as substantial, I bought a turnkey rental property and didn't know much about turnkey. We didn't even know what Rio was at that point. We bought a turnkey through a broker. It was in Kansas City. I broke every rule in the book. I looked at pictures, but I never went to see the property personally. I paid full retail because it was supposed to be rehabbed to a high standard, supposed to have great tenants in it at the time of closing. None of that happened, and I still had paid full price for it. So over the course of three years, I lost money nearly every month I owned it as the residents trashed it, as the rehabber didn't fix things that should have been fixed that I had to fix over time. And crummy property manager that I didn't get the opportunity to vet because I just bought them with the deal. So again, when I finally had the opportunity, was contractually able to get out from under the property manager and sell the property, I sold it to a wholesaler in Kansas City through their RIA and lost $30,000 on the sale. So I usually summarize it as pretty much lost money every month and then lost 30K at the end. Lessons learned, never buy a property without putting your human eyeballs on it. Pictures are great, but they cannot tell the whole story. Vet your property managers. Everything we have, even single family, I have right six doors down from where I'm sitting right now. We have professionally property managed, but vet your property manager. Make sure there's someone that you can really work with. So go see the property, vet your property manager, and make sure your property manager has good vetting processes for the tenants as well. You want your residents to take care of your place and None of that happened in this deal. Let's talk about the best deal you've done. This could be the deal you made the most money on or best in some other form. The best one was when we syndicated and we closed just after Christmas this past year. It was a receivership deal. It's a very large deal, 239,000 square feet of commercial space. Again, because of networking and getting to know the brokers in the area, one of the brokers is a receiver. And he showed me this shopping mall. And I said, that's retail. Go away. I don't want to talk to you. So after months of haranguing me, I finally took a look at it. So this property had a $6 million loan on it, was in receivership. The bank had foreclosed on it, and we were able to get that under contract for just over $2 million. And the $6 million loan vanished. So we picked up almost a quarter million square feet of commercial space, about 40% occupied for just over $2 million. That's the one we raised a little over a million dollars for because it had a lot of deferred maintenance, as you might imagine. So we've only operated that for a few months, but all the tenants there have not missed any payments. They're all credit tenants. 
we're learning about the commercial rental space because we're, that's something we weren't familiar with. I'm more familiar with apartments. But even in only 40% occupied, it's operating at a, a terrific cap rate, well into double digits cap rate, and sky's the limit as to the, the ultimate valuation. Our plan is in four years, get the value back up to $6 million and then flip it and triple all our investors' money and make everyone happy. That is an amazing deal. All right, Mark, the last question, what's the best ever place to reach you? To reach me, reach out on my email. As you said before, that's M Hutton, M as in Mark, H-U-T-T-O-N, at our company's Main Street Real Estate Investments. So it's at Main Street, I-N-V-S-T. Don't put the E in there, you won't get me. So M Hutton at MainStreetINVST.com. And I look forward to talking with you. I really enjoy helping newbies out. I get people call me all the time. Hey, I got this deal. Helping people walk through a deal, walk through numbers, whatever. If I can help them out, I'm always happy to do so. Perfect, Mark. Well, thanks for joining us. And best of listeners, that link to the email will be in the show notes. So you won't have to mess up and accidentally put the (laughs) E in there. But Mark, thanks for joining us. I really enjoyed our conversation. And I would say the biggest takeaway that I got, I'm sure the best of your listeners got as well as how you walked us through exactly how you went from doing these smaller single family deals to going into a coaching program. And from that coaching program, you're able to do a 13 unit deal with a bunch of partners with a total raise of hundred K. So $20,000 ish out of pocket. And then from there, you transitioned to doing a 25 unit deal. And this was people that you met at your RIA. So you talked about the power of the RIA group when it comes to raising money. And you mentioned more specifically what you can do at the RIA. You mentioned that everyone there knew that you were the apartment guy. And really, whenever you talked to anyone, you'd first ask them questions, get to know what they're doing, gain information and knowledge from them so that you can in turn relate with more people. And then eventually when the tables turn, they ask what you're doing. You kind of have your, I do apartments. I raise money from past investors. Here's the benefit of it. And from there, you were able to raise most of your money from people at the RIA event. Eventually you started to give presentations and be in panels there. And then ultimately you ended up creating your own focus group on apartments specifically. But overall, the concept is to go to RIA every time they have a meeting and be engaged And the cherry on top would be becoming a speaker and starting your own focus group. But just by going there alone can result in you obviously doing deals, learning more, but also having people that can invest in your deals. And that was essentially your best ever advice too, which was to network, to make sure you're asking questions and then get involved in what they're doing, add value to them. And then in turn, you're valuable to them and you can then seek what it is you want to get. And then your other piece of best ever advice was tenacity. You gave the example of the pipes bursting, which best ever listeners who are loyal know all about my story of my first deal in the pipes bursting. So I can completely relate to you when it comes to <laughs> the pipes bursting and having to <laughs> work your way through that. So again, Mark, really appreciate you joining us. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Take care.